And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's Friday afternoon, so it's time to talk all things money. And joining me in the studio once again from Envision Financial, Luke Smith. Good afternoon. Mate, good afternoon. How are we? I'll tell you what, if they put me on the cricket pitch with the Aussie women, they'd still flog me. I'm not that good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm going to, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give cricket a miss because I just didn't grow up in a family that watched it, so I can't comment. (laughs) All right, fair enough too. Fair enough too. We're here to talk about money anyway. That's the the point. Uh, And Today you've got an interesting topic because there's been a lot of market volatility Mm. and it's not just in the last couple of months. There's been a lot of market volatility over the last couple of years because we've had the the interruptions from COVID and now, of course, we've got the – world security situation with a war on the other side of the planet, but Mm -hmm. it's having an impact on everybody everywhere. So the question at the heart of today's discussion, how can I make the most of the market at the moment and how can I benefit from that volatility? Yeah, look, and I think it's it's quite topical and I've been meaning to bring this one up, but we've we sort of had other things that have been more important. Well, they've been they've been organized slightly differently. But I think people need to keep in mind here, right, that investing is a marathon and not a sprint. I've had a number of conversations with clients and new clients especially um, who look at a portfolio and go, this is good, this is bad, this is up, this is down. Remember that the valuation of your assets like your stocks and your shares, your house, your car or anything you may have that has value is measured on the day that you look at it. And I think people need to keep that in mind because the market – in relation to a little bit of context. Since the 27th of January, the market came off just under 10%, and it's now back about 8 8.5% from the lows. Mm-hmm. So if you called a, a, a full-blown correction 10% or more, we've been very, very close, and that was driven primarily by talk of rising interest rates. And Obviously, equity markets look forwards and the RBA had spent a lot of time in 20 and 21 saying, we'll keep rates low, we'll keep rates low, we'll look at those in 23 and 24. And that was the theme. They then came into the December and January periods and said, well, we're going to address it this year and we might have to look at inflation. Then the war came along and just like COVID in 2020, we saw the market fall very, very quickly for the fear of the unknown. And then we saw the market recover fairly quickly. And it's one of those old adages that, and, and I hate this saying, but it's time in the market, yes, not timing the market. Yes. Because you're never going to get the top. You'll probably never get the bottom. And one of the things that I've tried to reinforce to people over the last two years is let's just progressively nibble away. And, you know, some things people can do here to take advantage of what's happened at the moment is look at assets you have in your portfolio that may be in a negative position, look to sell them and buy them back. Mm -hmm. And what that can allow them to do is reset the cost base. But it also lets you carry forward that loss on paper that you can use to offset other gains in the future. So if you're not at retirement age and you've got a few years to go in your super, or you've got assets in your own name or a family trust or your company or any entity that's holding assets, if you happen to buy CBA at $105 in the middle of last year, when it hit $94.95 a few months back, it would have been a good time to sell that, lock in that loss, buy it back the next day, 
hold that position going forwards because you like the underlying company and then use that loss in the future to offset capital gains if you decide to sell them for any reason in the future. So that's a that's a great one where people should be looking at their assets and saying, is there a is there a specy in my portfolio that's come off? Yeah. Do I still like it? Yes. I can sell it and buy it back and then hold it long term, but lock in that capital loss that you can carry forward forever. Yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And of course you talk about uh, time in the market rather than timing the market. And in some respects, you're having a little bit of both when you do that Mm. because you're taking advantage of that dip in the market and you've judged that you believe it's going to be a temporary dip and therefore you back that judgment by crystallising the loss but then rebuying the asset and hope for the gains that you expect to see. Um, This idea about, you know, timing, I know it's a very attractive thing, isn't it? So when Mm. you do see a fall in the market... Mm. You then you have to ask yourself, do you want to take a bit of a risk and buy now or mm. is there a risk the market's going to keep falling? What's the right mm. decision there? Well, I think, again, it's about averaging. You know, if you look at 2020, it might have been a case that, you know, I know for us we had new money that had come into portfolios and we used a dollar cost averaging strategy over time so that for that very reason, anyone that thinks they're going to sit and pick the bottom of a market in 08 and 09 or the 22nd or 23rd of March in 2020. It's just pure luck because nobody really knows where anything could go and look how fast markets moved in 2020 to then recover pretty quickly. And the bottom of a bounce is where you regain a lot of your initial loss because things generally bounce very, very quickly. So by dollar cost averaging and saying, I'm going to go into the market one of two ways. You might say, I'll buy half of my initial investment now because you might, well, we don't know where Russia could go. It could get better, it could get worse. You might say, well, if I'm going to buy $40,000 of something in my super fund, I'll buy 20 now. And if it's a managed fund or or in a a wrap account, you could say, I'll put the balance of my 50% in over six months every month and average in so that if the market goes up, you've got some skin in the game. If the market comes off, then you're buying more at a discounted price. But you're buying something fundamentally for its long-term value. So again, it's very easy to get caught up in short-term noise whilst forgetting that this is a long-term play. Yeah. So going in like that is one good way to do it. Another way of averaging in for listed investments is to say, well, I'll buy 50% of my holding or 30% of my holding or 40% of my holding now. And then in three months, I'll buy another tranche. And in three months, I'll buy another tranche. And again, you're just limiting the the possibility that the market hasn't moved. Mm-hmm. Because in every likelihood, it might go up and it might go down. So if you've got some in now, you benefit from a recovery. If it comes off in three months, you can buy a bit more at a discount. But you're fundamentally just trying to mitigate or limit the potential volatility or change in value by saying, right, I'll throw it all in now in one go. Because as you said in the ad break, or before we came on air, you know, in the middle of the GFC, I didn't have any cash to throw in, <laughs> yes. which, you know, is, is very, very common because a fully invested portfolio, you just stay in there and you see markets recover, which is what prudent investors did. So it's just really about having that long-term view and then using these short-term weakness periods to try and leverage the most out of your situation, which could be to average into the holdings that you already have and buy a little bit more at a discount. It could be that you sell and buy back. 
You could also sell them by back to change structures. So here's one we did this week for a, a client at a software company where we were locking in the losses that he had from shares he got from work. He was then using those losses to offset the gains on the shares that he was selling so that he could buy them back in a family trust because that would be a more tax-effective vehicle because he was quite happy to hold his employer's shares for the next 10 or 15 years. Yeah. So selling and buying back may not be in the same entity. It may be in your super fund. It might right. be in a family trust. But again, it's you want to hold things in a vehicle that will give you good long-term flexibility when it comes to income and capital gains should you wish to sell things in the future. So you just got to don't, – don't get caught up in the negative. Sometimes – in the negatives, a great time to buy stuff. And it also takes a lot of um, gumption to go out and buy something in times of, of, of fear, unknown crisis and the like, which, you know, it's where we were, you know, mm. a good month ago when we started talking about the implications and potential ramifications yeah. of the war. Now, you've used the phrase dollar cost averaging uh, quite a bit during mm. that discussion. And in, in just in case anybody's a little bit confused about what that means, basically, instead of buying something all in one go, mm. what we're doing is we're saying, well, I want to buy this number of shares, but I'll buy it over a period of time in a number of smaller transactions. Yep. So I'll pay a different price each time I do it. Yep depending on whether the market's going up, down, or sideways. Yep. But because of uh, that dollar cost averaging effect, it will smooth out the volatility yep. and it reduces the risk of paying too high a price. Exactly. For the exact same example for people out there with a mortgage, some people fix some. Yes. Some people leave it variable. Yes. You're not trying to pick where interest rates are going. You're just trying to limit the volatility over the longer term of a rate rise. Yeah. So it's exactly the same principle and in the housing market, that's another way that you can you can try and mitigate volatility and risk is by fixing a little bit, keeping some variable. And as everybody knows that's done that, you'll get some of it right, you'll get some of it wrong. Rates will go up, rates will go down. Or when you think, you know, if you jump back six months or say two years, oh, I'm going to fix it at, at three because three is amazing. Mm. At the time it was. Yes. But it's not as amazing as two. No. You know, so again, all you're doing is mitigating a change in your cash flow by fixing some of your home loan. And dollar cost averaging is a great way to implement a strategic portfolio over a period of time so that you're not all in or all out because at either extreme, that's when you're going to get caught. Yeah. What about the assets? I mean, we're talking about uh, how to buy and when to buy and all that sort of thing. But uh, when we're looking at times of volatility, I, mm. su I suppose you probably also want to look at the underlying assets. Uh, is mm. this a risky asset? Is this a safe asset? What are the decisions you need to make around that? So when thinking about what you're going to buy, obviously you've created a portfolio that's relevant for your risk profile. You'd then be considering the implications of the things you're going to purchase. You know, so oil stocks done very well. Mm. Why is that? Because oil prices gone bananas. Yeah. Now, nobody could have foreseen that, you know, Putin was going to do what he's done, um, but the world's had to deal with it. And one of the, the fallouts of that has been that the oil price has gone through the roof. So, you know, your BHPs, your Rios, your Woodsides have done very, very well. There's also going to be investments that you could make that have a, a negative impact on the value of companies. And a good example of that was, say, the Banking Royal Commission. You know, in the middle of that, everybody hated the banks. Everybody was boo-hooing the banks. But then as soon as it stopped being on the telly every night, yeah, the share price of the banks rose very quickly because they were still making very, very good money. So you need to look at how the thing you're going to buy generates its earnings. Is it consistent? 
And does it provide you with the income distribution that you may be looking for? And are there franking credits involved for domestic assets? And, and does it align with your why when it comes to creating a portfolio for your retirement and, and long-term capital growth? I know we talk about uh, diversification of our investment portfolio in, in general terms anyway, but that would be even more useful in volatility, wouldn't it? Well, it, again, it, it reduces the total impact yeah. on a portfolio. So a great example of that is, you know, markets fell about 37% in 2020 March. A diversified portfolio may have only fallen 10 or 12 because property moves different to equities. Equities moves different to international. International moves different to infrastructure. Infrastructure moves different to commercial property. So by having that diversification, you can reduce the impact of volatility because not everything is in one sector and will move at the same rate, be it positive or negative, which is why we don't have all our eggs in one basket because you'll get some right and you'll get some wrong. Everybody does it. And for the ones that you have got wrong in the short term, well, let's 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 get the sell and the buy in place and lock yeah. in the loss and carry it forward. So, And I know it's only human nature, but if you've got that one share investment that really takes off like a rocket and multiplies its value a thousandfold, you, you're going to say to yourself, gee, I wish I'd put all my money in that one. <laughs> Do you know what? If, if, if I had a, 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 you know, the book out of, you know, exactly. Back to the Future, exactly. yeah, you'd, be, you'd be cherry yeah, picking you, things. You, yeah, it's one of those things, but it's just human nature to think that way, isn't it? It's also important for people to remember that good quality companies can come under pressure. Yep. For, for very strange reasons or things that may be out of their control. You know, we've seen, you know, large swings in things like BHP. Yeah. You know, they, they only need to have an accident somewhere and the share price comes off and two or three years later, everybody forgets what's happened. So yes. don't think that just because the share price has come off because sentiment or the view of the company has changed, that doesn't mean it's necessarily not more or less profitable. So Indeed. I'm with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Today we're talking about how can I make the most of the market at the moment during times of volatility. And, well, what's happening at the moment is a whole lot of volatility. So, Luke, what are the key things to remember during difficult times? Yeah, so if I was going to write a list down, I would start with why have I got what I've got. Look at your portfolio and just check. Like I always say, start with why and yep. come backwards from there because that'll determine whether you keep or get rid of something. Take advantage of... Um, the weakness in individual holdings and look and say, well, can I sell and buy something back if I like it? Because you can do that and carry forward the capital loss forever to offset gains in the future, which can be very advantageous or sell and buy back in another more appropriate structure. So as we said before the ad break, sell in your own name and buy it back in a family trust so you can distribute the dividends to somebody else later and minimise your tax. Look at dollar cost averaging maybe buy half of what you want to buy now and then average in over six or 12 months. Or if you're going to buy a listed vehicle, buy some of it now and then maybe have regular tranches every month, two months, every three months, just yeah, so that you can sort of mitigate the ups and downs. That's where I first heard the term dollar cost averaging when it was suggested to me instead of rushing out and buying, you know, 20,000 shares of BHP or something, mm. you could say, well, I want to spend $1,000 a month on buying shares. And yep. you just set up a regular payment plan yep. and you buy your shares, $1,000 a month, and you've, yep. you've dollar cost averaged to yep. get rid of the volatility there. Yeah, exactly. Just like people fix part of their home loan and, and not part of their home loan. All they're trying to do is mitigate the impact of a change yep. or limit limit the volatility on the, on the downside because, as we said, you'd love to buy everything at the bottom. If you could just tell me when that's going <laughs> to yes. happen, we'd all, we'd all be retired in exactly. Barbados. Exactly. I'm reading the tea leaves as we speak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, look at using this 
period as well for strategic gain. So let's say you had a portfolio in your own name and you sold it down. You put the money into your home loan. You then pull that money back out of your home loan and you've converted non-deductible debt into investment debt, which is now tax deductible, and you've bought back your portfolio. So there's one where in times of volatility, you can sell assets and avoid capital gains. Yeah. A really strategic play here is put the money into my home loan, pull the money back out, buy back my portfolio, and now of my $500,000 mortgage, 200000 of it may now be tax deductible because it's backing the securities that are for investment purposes and interest is therefore deductible. So, you know, there are lots of things that can be done from a strategic standpoint. That's interesting. Yeah. That's so. interesting. I had never thought about that one before. But I, I, because obviously, and we're going to run out of time in a minute, but obviously under normal circumstances, the interest you pay on your home loan is not tax Correct. deductible. So what you've just told me is that it can be my home loan, mm-hmm. but if I've taken it out to buy an investment, even though I'm using my own home as security, Correct. it becomes a tax deductible loan. Because the, That's revolutionary. Well, that's a little fun <laughs> fact on a Friday afternoon. All right. Um, it's the purpose of the borrowing. Yes. So the purpose of the borrowing is for investment purposes. So the interest associated with it is tax mm. deductible because the dividends from what you buy are taxable. Yeah. So a great way in times of volatility to sell, restructure home loans and, and increase the tax, the tax the deductibility yes. of the mortgage that you have on your house. So That's... just because things come off in value doesn't mean everything's bad. No, 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 exactly And right. taking advantage of it as some ways to try and obviously yeah. make sure you have the right allocation, the right weightings to individual stocks, the right amounts in each sector, and... It all aligns with your long-term work. So in short, uh, falling uh, markets, uh, not necessarily bad news. They could well be presenting opportunities. Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so any questions, 62604749. Give the the girls a ring in the office and make a time for an appointment. www.envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the Knowledge Centre there. There's a raft of technical information and videos, calculators you can use for free. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stack of Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And we've got YouTube Envision Financial Canberra. Subscribe to that. We've got the shows every week. You can pause it, watch it on your phone. Don't have to read anything made for me. It's all good fun. (laughs) Luke, thanks very much. See you next week.